Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is the podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 714, and we're looking at Matthew chapter 2, verses 16 through 18. Let's read the passage. Then Herod, when he realized that he had been outwitted by the wise men, flew into a rage. He gave orders to massacre all the boys in and around Bethlehem, who were two years old and under, in keeping with the time he had learned from the wise men. Then what was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and she refused to be consoled because they are no more. This is the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew is writing this gospel of Jesus. It's not a biography of Jesus because there's not that much of Jesus' life covered. It's not a book of history. It's a gospel. And a gospel is its own genre of literature. It's meant to inspire faith. It's not just meant to give information. It's meant for people to read and come to faith and realize, I should believe in Jesus. I should repent of my sins and be adopted by God. And Matthew's audience is Jewish in makeup, so that's why Matthew has such a link into the Old Testament. He uses a lot of quotations. He uses a lot of imagery. He hopes that those who are steeped well in the Old Testament will see that Jesus is the fulfillment of everything the Old Testament has been pointing to. So we've just dealt with the wise men, these magi strange holy men from the east, probably from Babylon, arrived in Jerusalem. They had seen a star and associated it with the Jewish people, associated the star with a new king. So they came to Jerusalem to pay tribute to the new king of the Jews. And they encountered King Herod, who is the existing king of Israel. Herod asked the chief priests and scribes where the Messiah would be born. They said, Bethlehem. And so Herod sent the wise men off to Bethlehem, but told them to come back and report to him when they found the baby, because Herod is very paranoid. So the wise men went to Bethlehem. They visited with Mary and the baby. They left their gifts, and they had been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod. So then they returned to Babylon a different route. Then Joseph was warned in a dream to get Mary and the baby, and flee to Egypt because there's a plot to kill him. So we don't know how long all this took place, but obviously it was pretty quick because as soon as Herod realized that the wise men weren't coming back, he took action. So verse 16, Then Herod, when he realized that he had been outwitted by the wise men, flew into a rage. Well, this was Herod. And historians say that's, that's just the kind of guy Herod was. He was paranoid about defending his throne, defending his position as the king, especially later in life. And this is the very end of Herod's life. So he is way paranoid. I mentioned last time that he had killed several of his family members, even his own children. Anyone he thought would be a threat to his position as king, he did away with. In fact, he had a plan. It never happened. But his plan was that in the event that he did die, the soldiers were to execute all of the Jewish nobility. 
I said, why would he do that? That was be to make sure that there would be true mourning at his death. So that's the kind of guy he is. He not only was paranoid about somebody trying to kill him, he was so vain and paranoid about even after his death, he wanted to make sure that people really mourned. Now, luckily, nobody ever carried that threat out. So continuing to verse 16, he gave orders to massacre all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under in keeping with the time he had learned from the wise men. So the massacre of the young boys in Bethlehem. Most liberal scholars think this didn't really happen. And the reason is because you can't find it anywhere else. It's not in Josephus's history. And Josephus has a lot to say about Herod. Well, that doesn't mean it didn't happen. They say, well, this is a pretty nasty event. Yeah, it was. It wasn't in Herod's top ten, though. So this, while we look at it and say this is terrible, and it was terrible, uh, Herod didn't have any qualms about doing something like this. So there's a lot of questions here. One is just the translating two years old and under. Some think it could be possible to translate that as under two years old, which would make it fewer children. But even that, it's hard to say. Now, a lot of Christian traditions have drastically inflated numbers of thousands of children that were killed. And that's where real historians look at it and say, you know, the population of Bethlehem at this time was probably less than a thousand. And it was just the male babies that were killed. And so you're probably talking less than 20. And while that is a tragedy, uh, 20 children to be massacred by Herod, that's not a huge deal, particularly in this rural area, as far as what Herod does. So we're, we're not talking thousands. We're probably talking a dozen or so. As far as the babies were actually killed, it, it wasn't like they were checking birth certificates. Essentially, the soldiers would run in, and if there was a baby who was not yet a toddler and a male, that baby would be killed. So there wasn't a lot of record-keeping. There wasn't checking any birth certificates. It was a, a pretty nasty thing. And some get caught up in this two years of that implies that it was two years from the time of the appearing of the star to the visit of the wise men. Maybe, maybe not. It does say, in keeping with the time he had learned from the wise men. Now, he may have said, it's been a few weeks. And so Herod said, well, just to be safe, anything that looks like a baby and is a male, kill it. So we don't know the, the details there. But we do know Herod ordered this massacre. The soldiers carried it out, and it was carried out in and around Bethlehem. Matthew continues, verse 17. Then what was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and she refused to be consoled because they are no more. Well, this is another one of Matthew's fulfillment quotations. This happened to fulfill what was spoken in the Word of God. And here he specifically identifies the prophet, Jeremiah. Sometimes Matthew identifies the prophet, sometimes he doesn't. Now, the only ones he generally does by name is Isaiah and Jeremiah, because they're considered major prophets. 
Others, he just quotes from them without identifying which prophet it is. And this quote is from Jeremiah 31, 15. Now, Jeremiah was a prophet in Judea in the last days leading up to the exile and, and then even a little bit beyond that. He was a prophet during the final days of Jerusalem and was the one predicting that Jerusalem would be overthrown, that Judah would be destroyed, that the temple would be destroyed, that there was great doom coming. He wasn't a very popular prophet because of that. And in chapter 31, fairly close quote of Jeremiah 31, 15, and the scenario is the weeping is over the Israelites being lined up to be marched to Babylon into the exile. And so this is the weeping for the children. Now, why Rachel and Rama? Well, in chapter 40 of Jeremiah specifically talks about an event at Rama when Jeremiah is actually released from this group. Jeremiah is one of the group about to be marched to Babylon and he's released by the captain of the guard. And it occurs at Rama. That was a staging point where the Israelites were being lined up to be marched off to Babylon. And so that's the significance of Rama. And Rachel, Rachel was one of the wives of Jacob, his favorite wife. And her youngest child was Benjamin. And Rama is on the very southern border of Benjamin. So in, in this instance, it's happening in the area of Rachel's son's tribe location. So this is why the, the weeping of Rachel, because this is all occurring right on the, in, in the area of the tribe of Benjamin. Now, the big question is, why does Matthew use this quotation and apply it to this situation here in Bethlehem with the massacre of the baby boys? And there's a lot of debate on this, and most people just kind of throw up their hands. They were not really sure. There's a few things that kind of fit in here, but why Matthew thought this was significant, we're probably missing something here. There's weeping for children. Okay, yeah, that fits. There's the vicinity aspect that Rama is just a few miles away from Bethlehem, and the massacre occurred in Bethlehem and the surrounding community. So there's the vicinity aspect. But there, there might be a deeper meaning that Matthew is really pushing that we're kind of missing. Some say, okay, maybe it has to do with this link to Egypt. Because Jeremiah himself was released at Ramah. He went back to Jerusalem to try and straighten things out there, but eventually had to leave himself and go to Egypt. So just as Jesus went to Egypt, Jeremiah went to Egypt. And some say, well, okay, we can also see Jesus as the new Jeremiah. We see him as the new Moses, the new Israel, and, and some see him as the new Jeremiah. In Matthew 16, Jesus will ask his disciples, who do they say I am? And they say, well, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah. Some say you're Jeremiah. And this is where we see this idea that some people think he's the new Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a prophet of doom who was pronouncing the end 
as they know it, that uh, the Judah would be overthrown, Jerusalem be destroyed, the temple would be destroyed. He also had a message of hope for the future. And so is this Matthew throwing in this idea of, of Jesus as the new Jeremiah? Don't know that's his point. And that's where most scholars look at it and say, well, we're not really sure exactly what Matthew's point here is. But he is bringing out more Old Testament quotations to show that all of the Old Testament is pointing toward Jesus as the Messiah. So through, through this, we see opposition to Jesus from the beginning, but we see God's provision of protecting him. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time. So continue working through Matthew.